You guys, the Holy Spirit is working in us, moving, changing. If you haven't felt it or had resistance because of it, then you will, because that's generally how it works. If we start taking land, we start taking dominion, then there's always going to be resistance. There's going to be sickness in a, in a saint. And we're just going to believe and pray for healing. There's going, to be, there's going to be tension in marriage. There's going to be disagreements with leadership. There's going to be uh, disagreements with bosses and, and everything like that. You're going to have tension. Tension means you're moving. I don't think that God is putting a, a spirit of stagnation upon Keystone. I don't think that God has ever wanted us just to stay and be content and be satisfied with where he is. I had a word tonight that there is the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to blow this up. I didn't know the song list tonight. I didn't know there was a come and blow and fire fall and you know, all that stuff. I, mean, I just knew that God is wanting to say, I'm going to blow this up. Tonight I want to talk about, again, continue our conversation about culture and what we want to create. You know, we could do whatever we want, you guys. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew that or not. We, we're not bound by any denomination. There's no one telling us what to do. There's no hierarchy. There's no, you know, there's no council that says you can or cannot do this. You can or cannot do that. Keystoners, we could do whatever we want. We can have whatever kind of culture that you and I want to create. And it's really fun if you think about it. And it's scary as hell. And it wants to shake you up. And it's going to blow your minds. And there'll be tension. There'll be disagreements. There'll be opportunities for you to be offended. But that's all part of the process. That's part of the process of change. That's part of the process of moving and growing as a family together. How many of you had disagreements with your family this weekend? Yeah, okay. Two-thirds of you. That's what family does. Grace doesn't even have an opportunity to exist unless there's opportunity for discourse. That's when mercy rises. That's when grace is allowed to flow. It's when you say, man, I love this family, but I don't like you right now. <laughs> bearing one another's burdens. This has been on my heart since last week. If we truly want a culture of bearing one another's burdens, it's got to be something bigger than this halo effect. And what I mean by that, there's, there's, I think we have this halo effect. And throughout history, halos have been, have been used in paintings and in pictures and in all kinds of Christian art to depict holy men or holy women of God. You see them throughout uh, the first actually painting of a halo, I found this out, was right along with the cross in the 4th century or 5th century, 400. What are we? We're a century ahead, right? So whatever 400 AD was. The first mention of a halo or this glory around someone's face was in Moses when he came down from the mountain and he couldn't look at his face. There was this glory, this aura. And this was God's way of saying, I'm around you. I'm going to touch you. I'm in and out of you. And you could see that that was kind of taking place, that this halo effect, this outer experiences of God coming down to earth and touching him and experiences through the prophets and experiences through the judges and experiencing through crazy battles where walls were falling down, you know, because of Slurpees being thrown over the wall. I mean, you know, read your veggie tales. I mean, so you've this crazy stuff. God was coming and going. He was sort of saying, this is a picture of me touching you every once in a while. I'm going to come down. And there was like 300 years of silence and God wasn't speaking. And it's like, dude, are you still there? I mean, can you imagine three centuries of never hearing from God? <laughs> what? From Malachi to Matthew, silence. Silence. It's like the silence before the storm. 
Jesus comes, and in the promise of Isaiah, he said, I will be Emmanuel. I will be God with you. I was God among you. I was God touching in and out of you. But when Jesus comes, I'm going to be God with you. And the, the promise of the, the Hebrews were, oh, yes, this is long awaited. We've, we've wanted this. We wanted to have God with us all the time. Every once in a while, he would touch us. And it was amazing. And every once in a while, the priest would go in, and he'd come out shining. And that was really cool. There was this halo effect. then Galatians shares this incredible mystery that it is not God among you, it is not God with you, but it is God in you. <laughs> My friends, if we're going to bear one another's burdens, really, it has to be God in us. It can't be an idea, a halo of God around us Come on. It can't be just a thought. Let me pray for you, brother. I'm not mocking prayer. But let me give you something to help you ease your burden. Come on, my friends. We're, if we're going to have a culture where we say, that is really a family. And they really don't talk about just bearing my burden. They literally bore my burden. When I came in with guilt and shame. Yes, they prayed for me. Yes, but they didn't just pray for me. They took on that with me. Let me go a step further. When I came in with my debt, they didn't say, oh, brother, we'll pray that God gives you an idea that you can get out of debt. No, they took my debt on with me. Come on. When you come to a family, when you get married, you don't say, I'm sorry, honey, that's your debt. You take care of that. Or I, I didn't. I said, Valparaiso University, yes, thank you very much. I will take on that debt. When you, when you disseminate and you pick and choose what you want from somebody, that's not real relationship. You're saying, well, if I'm going to come into covenant relationship with you, and if we're going to be a family, then I'm going to take everything you have, and I'm going to bear that burden, and you're going to take everything I have, and you're going to bear my burden. Come on, so are you tracking with me? Guys, this is next level. This is next church. This is like, like real stuff. This is, this is like what I think the Bible was talking about. This week, we paid $1,700 of medical bills off for people. Come on! Come on! That's, that's the body bearing one another's burdens. Now let me just, let me forewarn you about something. In order for us to bear your burdens, you have to admit you have one. Mm-hmm. The thing about grace and reciprocating relationships is going, man, uh, this, see, the thing about culture is you have to be honest with one another. You know the number one problem is business culture today is? You're never going to believe this. It's real simple. You ready? It's a three-letter word. Well, five-letter word. Six-letter word. Depends how you spell it. Lying. It's true. The number one buster of, of culture in, in America today is lying. Because no one wants to really be who they really are. So you lie in an interview. You lie on your resume. You lie to your boss. You said you were doing something you weren't doing. You lie to your coworkers because you can't face who you really were that day. The number one cause of demise and culture in America today is lying. You know what really lying is? 
It's just not being able to be transparent and vulnerable in a, in a healthy culture. It's saying they'll never accept me the way I really am. Read this with me. Galatians 6, 1 through 12. You ready? Here we go. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saying, uh, saving your critical comments to yourself. <laughs> I love the message. Because you might be needing forgiveness for the same sin someday. Stoop down, reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens. And so, listen to this, my friends. Ready? This is going, let this hit you like a hammer. Share their burdens. Why? So you may complete Christ's law. Hmm. We, we've got to become more of a culture that says we're doing things. We've got to actually be the culture that is doing the things we're saying. And we could do that. There's no one saying we can't. We should, we should be doing this. <laughs> if you think you're too good for that, well, you're badly deceived. Sorry. Make careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given. Again, what's your identity? And then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. In other words, don't try to be someone you're not. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Be very sure now you have been trained to the self-sufficient maturity that you enter into, watch this, a generous common life. Are you all tracking with me? This is blowing me away. A generous common life with those who have trained you, sharing all the good things that you have and that you experience. <laughs> Don't be misled. No one makes a fool out of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, he says, therefore, every time we get the chance... Let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. <laughs> Come on. What kind of culture do you want? I wrote down 11 things, and I want you guys to add to these. Stop me. We'll talk about them. Ready? Number one, a culture where your burdens are shared with the family of Keystone Church. Now, let's, let's flesh this out a little bit. Let's put some bones and marrow on this. To you, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? A culture where your burdens are bared, are shared.
Hey, Harlan, how do we as a church then sh share them and bear them? Because the sharing, the sharing part's the transparency, I think, right, and in the, in the vulnerability. Now, how do we move forward from that to the, the bearing part? That, that is that is really true. I mean, if someone needs move, there's usually four or five people show up and they get moved in an hour or two and you pack a truck and you probably should start a moving company because all the times we move people. But nevertheless, no, no, no. Rachel said no. That's great. Anything else on that? How do you move from the sharing to the bearing? Where you know that there's this unwritten rule, Keystone Church, man, I know that they got my back. Really, they have my back, Ted. That's really good. That is the practical hands and feet of Jesus, right? And we're not talking about the mega, you know, the mega mission thing, or you know, doing seventy nations in seventy days or whatever. We're we're talking about the simple things that come right in front of us every single day. I'm, I'm I need a meal. You heard someone sick for an extended period of time, and you ladies, man, you jump up to your point, you go get their kids, you make a meal. I mean, it's amazing. I, I want us to I want us to do two things tonight. I want us to number one recognize where we are because some of these things we're, we're actually doing. I'm not trying to beat you up tonight or me up tonight. I'm just saying we're doing some of these things, and that's pretty awesome. I just feel like the Holy Spirit is wanting us to push even further into this culture of true transparency and vulnerability. Catherine. It's hard to go through somebody when you're bearing their burden and then smile at them, you know, a few hours later and go, hey, 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 Dave, let's see the game. No, you really, oh, how are you doing? You know, every every time we see Kevin, I don't care. We're going to pray for his healing, right? Because we know that that's that ongoing battle. That's so good, Catherine. I think that um, if you've ever done the strength test, you know that empathy is, is one of the strengths. It's actually one of the strengths God created people with. Um, there are people who actually feel your burden. 
And those are the first people to say, hey, let me take your kids. Let me, let me cook you a meal. You know, there are people who feel that. They take that on. I, I love, Melissa, you're, you're good at this because you watch people, not to say, hey, these people are weird. Melissa watches people to see how they're responding to what's being said. And I bet you have the gift of empathy. You feel people when they're uncomfortable. You feel people when they're excited. She'll come to me and say, man, that was so good. And everybody in the room was really engaged or you sort of blew it on that one because that one guy, I think you pissed off <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's, that is so true, Josh. You mourn with those who mourn you rejoice with those who rejoice. You enter into their pain, but you also enter into their joy. So good. Anyone else? Joe. vulnerability and transparency goes hand in hand with action, don't you? I mean, once you feel like I really don't have anything to lose here, if I share my deepest junk or I go lend a hand, either way, it's still me saying it's really not about me, right? So good. Anyone else on that? Ted and then Jessica. For the record, Josh and Michael want a fog machine. Daniel, you got that written down. Put that, put that on the Amazon wish list. <laughs> yeah, that's that is the that's the big elephant in the room, isn't it? Is how many millions of dollars are spent on maintenance and buildings and lights and and again, it's not sinful. It's probably just not the best. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe it is sinful. I don't really know. I, I, I think that, and I'm going to read a verse to you later. It basically says, I, how many times do I have to tell you this? I don't reside in buildings. I reside in you. I follow the train of thought, Ted, that my old Baptist seminary teacher said. The fastest way to raise money in a church is to have a building program. I thought, well, that's probably legit except he's building the wrong building. Invest in one another. Bear one another's burdens. Jessica.
Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so good that really is good and I, and I love what you said it's just the small things it's showing up you know it's it's uh ted said this he said i i learned the homeless people's names see it's that place of intimacy when you know each other name you know each other's names um we give money just about every time i pass a homeless person but i don't know a single one of their names it's taking the time to know the names, right? Because you, if you know somebody's name, it's hard just to blow by them without some sort of engagement, even on a really small scale. Get to know the names. It's so good, Jess. Can we move on? Let me read you another verse. You ready? Hang in there. Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. He says this, This mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time. But now it is out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out. Regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing, regardless of their wounds and their misconceptions and their different points of view and their sexual orientation and the member of which political party they stand with. That was all me. Guys, sometimes the Bible is so simple. Are you ready for this? The mystery, in a nutshell, is this. Christ is in you. <laughs> so therefore, you can look forward to sharing God's glory. You know, that's not what it says. Are you ready for this? You can look forward to sharing in God's glory. One little preposition can change everything. Share in God's glory. See, once God's glory was just like, it's mine, don't touch it, it's, I'll blow you off the planet. Let your wind blow, you're gone. My glory. Now, God is saying, now guys, get your brains around this, if you may. And I know I've got an advantage of you because I've meditated on this for two weeks in a row. God is now saying, I'm not, I'm not among you, and I'm not even with you. I'm in you. And now, because I'm in you, and you are my temple, you're my building, you're my fog machine. You're my laser light show. You're my snowflake machine. You're my super duper boosted Bose amp, right? You're my man. You're my gal. You're my place of worship. You're my place of honor. I'm not saying share my glory, like tell people about me. I'm saying share in my glory. And, 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 and say it's you and me. Isn't that crazy? Let me read some more. It's, this is what the, the, uh, Paul said. It's that simple. Christ in you to share in God's glory. It's that simple. That's the substance of 
the message. You want to tell people about the gospel? Tell them God is no longer with us. That would be a great way just to strike up a conversation. Do you know God's no longer with us? What? No. That was one of his characteristics. It was Emmanuel. That was a name that was given to Jesus. He was going to be with us, and he walked among us. But my friends, something happened with 120 oddball men and women sitting in a room, and the wind blew. It was as if almost the upper room became the Garden of Eden. And the Holy Spirit said, you were once with him. Now you're in him and he's in you. Are you you kidding this? (laughs) There's more. We preach Christ. You notice Paul was very definitive in what he said. We preach Christ, Christos, the anointed one and his anointing in you. That's what that word means. The Christos, the smearing of Christ in you. We don't preach God. We don't even preach Emmanuel. We don't even preach Jesus. We preach Christ. That's the simplicity of the message. Warning people not to add to this. It's so simple. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. Watch this. To be mature is to be basic. Isn't this good? Christ. No more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard at day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. A culture where God is in us to help us rest, grow, and activate. A culture where God is in us to help us rest, grow, and activate. The things that grow reproduce, and it, and, and, and it takes time, and it takes nurturing. There's something has happened to me that I, I don't know where it came from. I, I have a little tree, if you notice, on the corner of my lot. And we have honey locust trees that were planted there. And a couple years ago, I guess it took a beating from the hailstorm. So the top of the tree, it was only about eight foot tall. So the top of the tree was completely dead. But there was life coming all from down the below. It was all new. It was all trying to live. And so I, got, I cut out the dead part and I put some, there's some, uh, there's some horticulture uh, paste you can put on an open wound of a tree and it helps it heal. And then there's some tape you can put on there that help it heal even longer so it doesn't get exposed to, uh, anyway. And you always cut the tree at an angle, right? Do you guys know that? When you cut a tree, cut it at an angle. Don't cut it straight across. Um, anyway, it helps it to live longer. The HOA came by and said, you need to replace that tree. It's dead. And I wrote him back this long letter, like, no, it's not. Give it a chance to live, man. I'm not, I know, no, I'm not, I'm not ripping up my tree, dude. There's something like, when you see something alive, you want to give it every opportunity to grow. And sometimes that growth is painful. And it takes a cutting. And it takes some nurturing. And I said, give me a couple years. I'm, I'm writing this to the HOA. Give me a couple years. I promise you, the honey locusts will be back in great shape. 
full tilt, it's alive. It's not dead. Why would we tear up something perfectly good and throw it away? Today, we had four hanging baskets. We took down right up when the, when the fall sort of kicked, and then the, the, the flowers were all sort of out of season. And I have all these plants in my garage. And I see all these plants, and they're all dead. And you know what I did? I took all the plants out, and I saved the dirt. Who does that? I saved the dirt. Thank you, Catherine and Daniel, for assuring me I'm not weird, or the only weird one, I should say. I, like, put the dirt in a bucket because, like, that's got life in it. I'm going to use that for something else. Do you see what I'm saying? This is a place and a chance for keystoners to grow and rest. But you see, you're going to be in a bucket for so long. And you know what's going to happen? The husbandman is going to take the dirt out and it's going to reuse it. It's going to re-moisturize. It's going to put some fertilizer in there. And you're going to be repurposed and you're going to be reused. And it's going to be something maybe you never, ever thought. And that dream that's been dead is going to activate because you're in a place of health. You're in a place that's healthy. And I, I, friends, don't judge one another for sitting and resting. Because I know what you're thinking. Well, I do all the work. No, you don't. Let Allow people to rest. Allow people to grow and heal and activate. Take a break. Get on. Get off. It's so good. I was going to say Colin. And he's just lifting his kid, getting his workout. Let me read this verse to you. How are we going to do all this? This is Ephesians. And Paul says this. When I think of all this, and this is what I thought of tonight, I fall to my knees and I say, oh, my God. He didn't say that. He said, I pray to the Father. But he was basically saying, oh, my God. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your buildings. No! Christ will make his home in your hearts. As you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is for you. May you experience the love of Christ. This is a weird to me. May you experience the love of Christ, although you'll never fully comprehend it. What? Then you'll be made complete. How can I be made complete if I don't ever fully comprehend the love of Christ. That's a mystery. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power, ready, at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more, Harlan, than we can ever ask or think or dream, or imagine. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. We, my friends, I set the table because you're going to see some things on this list, and I'm sure you have lists that you want to share about what kind of culture you'd like to see. What would you like to see? You're going to say, this is going to be a mess. This is going to take some serious pastoring. 
And I know Dave's excited about making messes so he can pastor people through them. It's really fun. We, we, are, we have the opportunity for grace and mercy to rise to the very highest level. We have the opportunity to be forgiving. We have the, we have the opportunity, ready, my friends, to trust people God has placed in leadership. We have the opportunity to distrust them and to question them. You do. You have that opportunity. But there has, there's, a, there's, a, there's a James in the room that says, hey, I love your opinion. I love your opinion. I love your opinion. I thus judge. Remember that? There has to be that place of coming together and realizing these are the decisions that God is making through his people. And this doesn't go throughout conversation. It doesn't happen without your input. It doesn't happen without your voice. It can't happen without your voice. My brain is on fire with what I see happening. And I promise you, if I just blew this up, everybody would be burned up, and it would take us another five years to get you all healed back up because I, I, I can't do that to you. I have to, I have to sort of trickle this stuff out a little at a time and say, what if? What kind of culture do you want? How about a culture where your ideas can be discussed and collaborated? How about a culture of diversity and unity and unity and diversity? How about a culture of, 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 of uh, strengths? Strengths are not, are not um, downplayed, but strengths are celebrated. And your strengths might not agree with my strengths, and mine don't probably agree with yours. But I recognize them, and I celebrate them. And your gifts may not rub me just the right way, and you might have a point of view that I don't see, but I celebrate it. How about a culture of generosity? How about when people hear Keystone Church, they know, man, that church, they're small, but they give tremendously. How about a church, a culture? We talked about this last year, last week, where both physical and spiritual needs are met. Both physical and spiritual needs are met. So yes, it's the Yes, pray for you. Yes, we will bear your burden. Yes, we will encourage you with a word today. I love that, Catherine, because one of the things I do do a lot is text people. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I miss you. How you okay? I haven't seen you in a while. Holy Spirit, drop somebody. I've just learned to listen to that voice. It's real simple. Joe, that might be a great first practice. Dude, thinking about you today. Text, 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 text. Send. Who is this? <laughs> Dude, it's Joe. Joe! Joe who? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> How that's the culture we want to create, and we can, and we have a culture of love, a culture of peace, a culture of truth in love, a culture of gospel lived and breathed and not just talked and taught. Mm. <laughs> uh, guys, get ready. I have a picture in my head of no person in this body having any credit card debt because we bore that burden. And we said to you, if you're willing, we got some really good guys in here that are really good with spreadsheets and budgets. If you'll submit to their teaching, we want to teach you how to remain. Listen, I've been debt-free like three times in my life. That's true, except for a house payment. 
And then, you know, people get sick and die and planes and travel and stuff happens. And I understand that. I, I totally understand that. What do you do after you're debt free? Is it so that we amass wealth for ourselves? I'm, I believe this. This may sting you, but if you get debt free, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty close to thinking it's our responsibility to help someone else become debt free. I'm, pr- I'm pretty close to thinking that. And I believe this, my friends, that there'll be no one in this family with a car loan. Because what happens when you start reciprocating your giving and your generosity to your point, Ted, it's not, I, I don't want to build a building. I want to build people. What if the people were so alive and there's nothing holding you back from doing whatever you wanted to do, whatever dream God had placed in your heart? That's the kind of culture we can have. No single debt. And what if it reciprocated to your mortgage? Because I know everybody's thinking, well, the mortgage will really never go away. I'm not thinking that way. I'm thinking we have a body that owns their homes, is completely debt-free, including school loans. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Come on. Can we do that? I know I know what you're thinking. I know. Listen, one of my gifts is futuristic. I can see over the wall, right? I see over the wall like a periscope. I see to the horizon, and I see where we can go. There's people like Harlan and Josh and Colin and Jordan and David that'll say, Look at all these swamps we got to walk through. We got to navigate a path through that. And I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so what? We'll navigate the path. Let's go. The cool thing about the body is that the kidneys say to the liver, whoa, slow down, son. And the heart says to the lungs, slow down. You need to, and then the brain speaks to the mouth and the tongue, the little, little rudder that steers everything says, okay, let's, let's navigate a path. Let's develop a plan. I think I'm mature enough now in the Lord to say I recognize where I'm really strong so I can blow you up and go, what if all of your debts were paid? And every time you had a need, the church was there to bear it. Whether you're moving, whether you need a meal, whether you need an encouraging word, whether you need someone to come and sit with your children while you go shopping, whatever the need is, you knew you had a family as quirky and maybe sometimes as dysfunctional as we are that can come alongside of you and said, oh, this is me sharing in God's glory. His whole message is get out of your mind that I'm going to meet you someplace. The Bible says it's so simple. It is Christ in you. So let me just flesh this out and give you some opportunity to respond. I know we are going to develop a plan. I don't know exactly what it looks like. There might be someone that says, I've got a $2,000 credit card bill, and that will get me debt-free. Can you pay? Yes. Done. But here's the responsibility there. The money that you were investing in this stupid revolving debt, 
Now, I think the responsibility lies upon you to invest in someone else. Let me just flesh this out. Let's just say that you're like, hey, I give 100 bucks a week and 300 bucks goes to a credit card. What if, now hear me out, what if? He said, man, pastor, I get relieved of that $300 credit card. That $300 is going right back into invest in someone else. Then we say, who's got a $5,000 credit card? Let's pay that off. Now we're saying, are, are you tracking with, that's 150 bucks a month, whatever it is, and you're just, you're never going to get out of it that way. I'm sure you've seen the big report, right? Your 5,000 turns into like $38,000 after 15 years or something stupid like that. Why are we paying interest to godless companies when we could literally be investing in one another? Just let that sink in for a minute. It's what Harlan said, vulnerability and trust. Well, how do I know? You don't. Well, how do I know that person will sew back it? You don't. Well, how do I know that they won't just get back in debt? Well, you don't. But we do it anyway. Well, how do we know that next week that person goes and buys something stupid like a 72-inch TV and both surround sound says, well, you don't. But we do it anyway. Do you see the level of grace that just automatically blew through the stratosphere? It's going to be tricky. But it can be done because I tell you what, there was an example given to us in Acts chapter 4. They did it, my friends. They did it. There was not a need among them. Well, pastor, they didn't have credit cards. They would have had credit card debt, trust me. And I, they did have creditors, by the way. My, look, look, guys, let the wind blow, let the fire fall. You want the wind to blow and the fire to fall? It's going to burn some, some stuff up. And it's going to blow some stuff up. You can't sing that stuff and not mean it or expect something to happen. Sorry, too late. Fire flew, blew, f- blow, uh, fell, wind blew. I- I'm telling you, I heard it as clear as I could possibly say. The Holy Spirit said, I am going to blow this up. Catherine, go. Yeah, that's right. I think you're exactly right. So what's happening, and it will happen over the months. And I'm look, I, I don't, I don't know. All, all I'm saying is, guys, there's a way over this wall. I see it. I see the horizon, and it's beautiful. Catherine will say, "Wow, Pastor, we need some, we need some work down below here first for everybody to get over the wall in the first place. That's the implosion part. That's the lining of the cool little." sensors that go through a building to make sure it doesn't create chaos. C- come on. 
if there's an explosion, explosions usually create chaos, right? There's shrapnel everywhere. It's a mess. There's bloody bodies. And we could say we had the best idea ever. And oh my God, yeah, Keystone just blew up and there's people landing everywhere. And I think churches probably did that in the past, right? They're like, hey, well, this is a great idea. Let's implement it. But there's no implosion first. See, for this to work, and I am a patient dude. I'm a lot more patient than I used to be, dude. So we can take our time. We can develop a good system, a good plan, a good training, good implosion. Look, Jordan, teach me how to be debt-free. Help me do a spreadsheet. Colin, how do I live on a budget when I don't have a job? How does that work? How are you surviving? Paul Carlick has four or five different streams of income coming in. How does he do that? How does he plan? How does he think of that? Those are the types of implosions that we need. And I know this is biblical, my friends. And I, I, I truly, 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 with every fiber in me, believe this is the next step for us, without a doubt. And we'll navigate our way through. We'll love each other all on the way. We'll help each other. We'll encourage one another. And we'll just remind each other, well, you know that two grand that you were invested in, that two grand became $30,000. You ever wonder how God reproduces things? Listen, Add it all up. There will be no check landing in your mailbox. I know. I've tried for years. I prayed for years and years and years, and the check still hasn't come. You know how it happens? Christ in you. Christ in me. You're like, God, give me the answer. I've given you the answer. All the treasure you need is in this broken little vessel. Just let it come out. All the wealth you need is right in this room. All the dreams and desires you have can be developed right here. You don't have to look further. You don't have to look outside. Look inside. Line them up. Find the way. Navigate the path. Get offended. Get healed from your offense. <laughs> what did his credit card get paid off for? He must be special. No, his name just started with an A. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Williamson's. You're screwed. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Look, guys, I have been sure of a couple things this sure in my life. One was marrying my wife. I knew that she was going to be my wife. I knew the moment I laid eyes on her, I was going to marry Teresa. The second thing that I'm sure of was, man, my kiddos, my kids. Nothing like them. I remember the third thing, hearing the Lord about Keystone Church and how it un unraveled, how it really, I, I, it's so bizarre, but I was sure of it. Sure enough to leave everything that we had that was secure. Really good. Only a few of you know, but it was really good. To come to some strange land where people don't think like I do. And I'm sure of this. I mean, we can do it. We have the Freedom Marketplace up and running. Please take advantage of that. There is so much good stuff on there. There's end tables and mirrors and, it's, I don't babysitting services. I don't even know what's going on there. It's, it's incredible. Take advantage of the Freedom Marketplace. That's our Craigslist without charging you anything. It's awesome. You have a need, put it on there. It's simple. Whew. 
give me some initial feedback and be honest. Go. Ted. I would say yes. I'd say yes and no. I'd say yes, but I'd also say no, the church can invest in the small businesses to get them started. Just a thought. Who does that? We can! Right, and, and, and you are. It's, it's like this vicious cycle. Well, why do you do that? Why, you ever ask yourself, why am I doing this? Can you guys see this number? Can you see that number? Any idea what that number is? Oh, let me. It's $72,000. Do you know what that number is? Nope. What? <laughs> no. How many what? No. Well, it might be. That's not it. $72,000 is what we paid Living Hope for the last three years. I'm not, listen, that's just reality, okay? I'm not mad. I'm not upset. <laughs> she is. I am. <laughs> I, look, look, that's fleshing it out. And now you're saying, well, what does that mean, Pastor? Maybe it means we consider another way. I don't, I don't know what it means totally. I just thought about that today. $72,000 would probably pay three families complete debt off or more. What's your response? Go. Come on. Be honest. You scared to death? Mark? Mark, you're a jerk. <laughs> In love. Mark beat me at cards the other night. It's ugly.
That's the next step. Because actually Galatians said, once you've taken care of each other, take care of those outside of your community. But it, it's interesting that he almost gives you the responsibility to take care of you first. Isn't that crazy? You can't take, thank you. Thank you. You can't take care of anybody unless you're taken care of. But do you feel, do you start to feel the responsibility of this? You're like, whoa, you're going to pay my credit card debt off? Yeah. It's not a codependent thing where I do this if you do this. Are you tracking with me? It's an interdependent thing where we work together to create an a better, perf better environment, a culture where there is no need. Catherine. The internal. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yes. I love that the question even bears to go further and further and further and further. You know, the reason I'm attacking finance is so hard because I don't think it's ever been talked about. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Food, shelter, water, clothing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing, too, that God said, if you'll seek me first, that stuff will not just be taken care of. It'll be added to you. And I think when we really, David, I really begin, it, the, the, the prayer push, the prayer push changes the atmosphere and it changed the way we thought about things. And we asked, why not? Not what if. But why not? At, my friends, what is the... Let me ask you this and we'll close. What is the worst thing that could happen? The first thing that came to mind. Oh, you giggled. Go ahead, Harlan. That, okay. That's the worst thing that could happen. Anything else that could happen that's bad? Okay. Great idea, right? The what if. Okay? Okay? Yeah, what else? <laughs> yeah! We pay off a bunch of debt and everybody stops giving. That's what I think. Hey, thanks for the ride. See ya! Yeah, there was $72,000 down the hole. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, anything, anything else? What's the worst thing that can happen? I think people could get offended and leave. I'd hate to see that. You're trying to do something so awesome, and they're like, can you just wait a month? We'll get to you. Don't worry. I promise you, Greek ladies, you will eat. 
promise. Right? Because people will get offended. Listen, just prepare your heart. Guard your heart. It's not going to be personal. We want to take care of everybody. There will be a system and a plan in place. But I think the worst thing that could happen is there's a church divided. People get ticked off. People don't. People get impatient. People think decisions that were made were wrong. People think favoritism comes into play. Oh, pastor just likes them. They're from Indiana. Jeez. Oh, my God. Okay. So the worst thing that can happen, Rachel said, is the threshold of grace increases or has an opportunity to increase. (laughs) You're all looking at me like I'm stoned or you're stoned, and I'm looking at you like you're stoned. Turkey, yeah, tryptophan is all in in Stoneville. Well, we are Keystoners, so. Here's another thing. I'm going to just end with this. If we're going to have a reputation in the city, let's have a reputation that this is a family that takes care of each other. How about that? Not a reputation of big and bad and better and not even the reputation of multiple campuses, which I blew that up a couple months ago. Not that reputation. Not a reputation of Keystone churches all over the United States. But simply this, a family that takes care of each other, a family that when you go there, all your needs will be met. You'll have a grandparent. You'll have a sister. You'll have a mama. You'll have an aunt. You'll have a brother. You'll have someone to step in the gap. Go. I don't think we re- I really understood what we were talking about when we talked about thin places in a Celtic way. I thought it was really cool and I thought it was one thing, but I think it's so much more. A thin place on earth is where there's no need, there's no needs in heaven. And we say that all the time, but how do we how do we go there? Yeah, Ted it'll be through small businesses, but how does small business get started? What if Keystone was a catalyst to get them started? And then just reciprocated. And I think it just takes one tiny little risk, one tiny step, one plan. We implement it. may not be perfect, and that's okay. We'll present it to you as a family, and we'll flesh it out, and we'll look at all the pitfalls. We'll do the best we can. And then we say, Father, here's our plan. The Lord said, present your plans to me, and I'll direct your steps. Right? Okay, here's our plan. What do you think? Start over. Okay. <laughs> All right, we got nothing to lose. What do we have to lose? A building? Uh, what'd you say? Oh, some people's debts get paid off? Oh, that'd be terrible. Grace to flourish. Opportunity for offense. David's pastoring skills to go through the roof. And the poor Williamson's down at the bottom of the alphabet. <laughs> Hey, you know what, though? The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. So, congratulations. Any closing thoughts? Let you guys get it.
Take the next step. That's what he said. Take the next step. Okay. Um, so the next step is on you all. Okay. Um, here's here's my plan. Is the God sort of assembled some elders and we're going to get together and we're going to hash out a plan. Uh, but it won't be thus say as the elders. It'll be hey, here's what we thought and we want to present it back to the family. Okay. Does that make sense? And then allow your voices to come together and we'll come together and consensus and. There's a, there's a system, you might know this, where they take ideas and they present them over and over and over until they come up with a, I just wanted to read the, doggone it, Carl, you know what that is? It's, anyway, it doesn't matter. Somebody comes up with an idea, you present it to the experts. You know why you're the experts? Because you're the family. I mean, we're all the family, but there's not a division here. We come back, we, we hash it out again. We might tweak some things, we might go through some things, and then we present it again and say, what do you guys think? We, we just keep doing that. There's no, this is going to be fun. I'm not scared. Okay, I'm a little scared. But that's okay. If, it's, if we're not a little scared, then it's probably not God. And I'm a little scared, but I'm a little excited. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you see it? Any futuristic strengths in here? One, two, four. You're at number four, right? Six, that's close enough. Can you see it? I can see it. It's a good thing positivity is my number one. <laughs> it's okay. We're going to get through it. Yeah. All right, stand up. Let's pray. Oh, my God, let's pray. Let's be a culture that bears one another's burdens. Father, in Jesus' name, we are on an adventure. You are going to take us on an adventure that is going to change our lives. And I'm frankly scared and excited and willing and saying yes. And this family is saying yes. And if there's you know, trepidation in our hearts, God, then help us flesh it out and talk about it. Put us at peace. How it all gets done. I don't know how we all do it all. I don't know. I don't have all those answers. But Lord, I do know that if we sow into one another and continually build one another up, we'll be a people that are completely free to do whatever you want us to do. As Josh said, uh, a uh, person is slave to the lender. Hmm. Here we go. Father, thank you so much for everything that you do in and through us. In Christ's name, amen.